Welcome to Truth Pod, the podcast that proclaims the truth of God's Word without shame or apprehension, where the Bible is the last word on any subject. I'm Russell, your host. Welcome back to Truth Pod. Thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope you find it challenging, instructive, and encouraging. A few weeks ago, my friend Pride showed up. In disguise, of course. You see, I felt like I was right about something. And if anyone was going to bend, it would not be me. But the argument was not about sin. It was about preference. And too many times I get the two of them mixed up. Pride said, don't yield or you'll be seen as weak. Stay strong. What he meant was, be stubborn. I'm good at being stubborn, but I don't win many friends that way. We are not all alike and we have different opinions. But opinions are not sin, but pride wants to make us think or make us make a mountain out of a molehill. It's funny. You'd think at 60, I would have all this figured out. Not a chance. Looks like I'm still learning. Oh, well, maybe at 70. (laughs) All right. This is the 30th study in Meet My Friends series. I know it's been a long one. Sometimes, though, it can be encouraging for us to talk about these things, to let the proverbial cat out of the bag, so to speak. I know I find it helpful to hear that someone else has been through what I'm going through, and if they can make it, then by the grace of God, I can make it too. I've talked about worry, fear, doubt, anger, complaining, bitterness, jealousy, greed, hypocrisy, gossip, guilt, dishonesty, laziness, disappointment, pride, stress, unfaithfulness, temptation, apathy, pain, can't, selfishness, loneliness, controlling, denial, regret, gluttony, and conformity. Some of these I find easy to talk about, and I can just breeze right through it real easily and, you know, and communicate my words and speak to you. And some, uh, uh, it's difficult, you know. Sometimes it's tough to talk about some of these subjects uh, because some of these subjects are, are, I would say, more real than others in the sense that they can have a a greater impact or cause more damage. Um, If you can think of some friend I've missed, okay, that I've listed here a bunch, okay, that I didn't do a study on, or maybe you have a friend I haven't met yet, I'd be interested in hearing from you. Just email me at truthpod at yahoo.com. I promise to respond. Last week, I left you with this tip. This friend makes me think a lot about apples and oranges. If you picked up on apples and oranges, then you figured out my friend, comparison. If you can, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of um, coming before you and for doing this podcast, Truth Pod. I pray that the hearer may be blessed today and encouraged and grow in their faith. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you would teach us your way through the Bible, because that's what we depend on is the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me open with scripture, okay? Matthew 20. 1 through 15 says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers 
for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour, and the ninth he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, because, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Comparison defined. The act or process of comparing such as the representing of one thing or person as similar or to like another. His poetry invites comparison with the poems of uh, Robert Frost, an examination of two or more items to establish similarities and dissimilarities. His faults seem minor by comparison. Okay, to say that something is similar to something else. To look at two or more things closely in order to see what is similar or different about them, or in order to decide which one is better, to be as good or as bad as something else, to be on the same level or in the same category as something else. I've heard it said, and I believe it is true, comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. And that's when you start comparing yourself to others, you'll be robbed of joy in your life. I'll give you some examples that prove the statement to be true. When I begin to compare my home, okay, to someone else's home, I become dissatisfied with my house. I begin to point out flaws. I be begin to believe everyone else has it better. Think about the things we compare. Oftentimes it's beneficial because we learn what we like and we don't like, you know, so it's not all bad, but it can be. When we compare ourselves to others, we get information about what we want and where we want to be, and we get valuable feedback on how we measure up. However, they can also cause us a lot of psychological pain. It's when we start comparing ourselves to others too much that we run into problems. But other times we spend our time comparing our lives to other people, and we end up discouraged. I'll bet you've heard this phrase keeping up with the Joneses. Here's the idea. Okay. Um, my neighbor gets a boat, so I've got to get a new boat. My neighbor has three cars or a three-car garage, 
So I've got to have a three-car garage. Someone at work gets a new truck. So I look at mine, and it doesn't look so appealing anymore. You get the idea, I'm sure. Chasing after the wind, Ecclesiastes 4.4. I've been guilty of comparing my gifts and callings to others, and it usually brings me down, and I wonder why I should continue. I've compared my singing, my teaching, my preaching, my fatherhood, my job, my clothes, my car, my wages, and my hair to others. When we compare ourselves to others, we are, we're often comparing their best features against our average ones. It's like being right-handed and trying to play an instrument with your left hand. Not only do we naturally want to be better than them, the unconscious realization that we are not often becomes self-destructive. Okay, so I said I, I, I've compared my singing to others and, you know, I used to think I, I could sing good and I've been told I could. Okay, so it wasn't like I was, you know, blowing my own horn or anything. I mean, I used to. Um, and then, you know, I've started, I, I've compared it with others and then it just didn't seem like it was as good as others. Teaching and preaching falls in the same category. I oftentimes think I can do a good job at preaching the word or teaching the word, but when I start looking around at others and the way they preach and the way they teach uh, and comparing mine, and then I often see that or think that I'm short or, you know, that I don't compare. Um, fatherhood, you know, I could, I don't know that I've taken out a lot of times uh, comparing myself fatherhood to others. Uh, there's others, I'm sure, that had more money they could spend on their kids. Others did other things with their kids. I did what I believed was right, you know, with my wife. And, uh, you know, and then there's, there's the job thing. You know, I mean, I don't work a popular job. It don't have a big name. Um, you know, it's not glamorous in any fashion whatsoever. So when I go to the marketplace or when I go and uh, to the to a party or something, I'm not there bragging, well, I do, you know, because I don't. I don't do a great, I don't have a, a, you know, a classy job. What I do have is a job that pays my bills, supports my family, uh, supports my church, and uh, kept, keeps me clothed and fed. And, you know, isn't that what it is supposed to be, supposed to do? Uh, and then there's clothes. I won't go into that one. Car, you know, weight, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, hair. <laughs> uh, let's just say hair. Some have it. Some don't, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, that's just, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay. Let's talk about what's going on in the scripture we've read. A man needs help in his vineyard. So he goes out early in the morning and he hires some men to work in his vineyard for a denarius. One Roman denarius would be about $43.50. So that was his day's, the day's wage he was paying. And that's this is what I've got from, I don't know, commentator, whatever it was. Okay, so it's not me saying it, it's just what I read somewhere and got it from a commentary. Okay, only at 6 a.m. the wage was named. All right, only at 6 a.m. At the other hours, at the other hours, it was whatever was right. 
So when he began the day at 6 a.m., he told the men, I'll pay you a denarius. Okay, I'll pay you this amount of money for you working the entire day. And they all, yes, we'll do it. And they did it, went to work. Okay, he went out five different times, 6 a.m. Okay, and then the third hour, 9 a.m., six, sixth hour, which is 12 noon, ninth hour, which is 3 p.m., 11th hour, which is uh, 5 p.m. They all worked for the same employer. But the first group of workers worked all day in the heat of the sun. They, of course, could claim to have done the most work. At the close of the day, he pays all the workers the same wage. But those who were hired, to, who were hired first are upset that they had worked longer for the same pay as those who were hired on later. The householder's closing remarks demonstrate a great principle of grace. Can't I do what I want with what belongs to me? Do you resent my generosity toward others? Again, remember the agreement of only on the first one, the first group of people, that it was for a denarius. Okay? The rest of them was whatever is, right, whatever is right. I can see how this story could explain why things happen in different ways to different people. A pastor may be wondering, why is my church not growing? I have just as much trainer as pastor so-and-so down the street, yet he seems to have greater results. The first group of workers got exactly what they agreed to. They only became angry when they started comparing wages to the other workers. You face that where you work, right? I face that where I'm work. I mean, there's a different pay scale uh, for different people where I work. Not everybody's paid the same socialism. Not everybody's paid the same. You get paid for doing this job, working this machine, and this job over here maybe require more effort, uh, more um, skills, you know, so they get paid more, all right? And uh, that happens. But when we start comparing our, our wages, then, you know, again, comparison is a thief of joy, okay? Uh, not much has changed over centuries because people are still guilty. And I just said that about comparing their wages, um, this has to be one of Satan's favorite tricks to play on people. So you and I, <clears throat> so you and I compare our lives to others. This comparison game has been the ruin of many people and caused the surrender of many good souls to Satan. You and I that are children of God have been given an assignment that we are expected to complete. My teaching was never meant to be compared to other teachers. God never said that when he called me. God never said, Russell, I want you to start preaching. And as you're doing it, I want you to, pre I want you to compare yourself to pastor so-and-so or that evangelist you hear on the radio or that evangelist you see on TV or Billy Graham or, you know, God never, when he called me, never instructed me to compare myself. He just says, I'm calling you to do this and I want you to do it, you know, I want you to do it. It was just the call. He didn't add things to it. He just said, I'm calling you to preach or I'm calling you to teach. Okay. Um, because when I compare my teaching to others, I may be guilty of stunting the effect of God, the effect God intended it for. Okay. So if I try to be like my pastor, 
okay, in my delivery, in my outlines, you know, in my uh, manners, in my teaching, whatever it may be in it, however I do my teaching, preaching, if I start to, you know, start to mold myself like him, then I might be stunting what God wanted me to, to do, excuse me, me, based on my abilities and skills as he's already put within me. I hope you can understand that. And that says the same thing for you. Whatever God has given you to do, whatever God has called you to do, he has not called you to compare yourself with others. He has called you to use you, you, and your ability. Okay? You and I are unique. God has given us specific gifts and abilities that he wants to use to reach a specific group of people. Okay? I might be able to touch someone that someone else cannot touch. They will touch someone I can't touch. And for me to compare myself with them, because I can't reach a certain group, will only just discourage me and cause, and it will negatively affect my impact on those I'm trying to reach with the gospel. I think the Apostle Paul told us the best way to deal with this friend called comparison. Listen to this from 1 Timothy 6 and 8. He says, But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. In other words, you know, if I'm taken care of, if I have my necessities, my basic necessities, food and clothing, you know, I'm going to be content the way I am. Contentment is a great way to deal with comparison. If I'm content, it means I no longer feel the need to compare myself to others. I can actually pray for others to be blessed and used of God. I will confess right now, I have been, here's that other friend, jealousy, jealous of the way that God has blessed someone at one particular time. And uh, they were driving a very, you know, nice vehicle. And I, I was critical of it, you know. But it was just, I was comparison, you know, doing that. My friend comparison was there involved. And I was comparing my beat down vehicle to their nice vehicle. And I've learned and grown from that. And uh, thank God for that. Okay, we all do. We all grow. Okay. It means that I can pray for him or her. Okay. Uh, if their preaching is better than mine. Okay. If their singing is better than mine, if their hair looks better than mine, I can pray for them. I can love them. I can actually smile without it being fake when I see them. Uh, it means I can have confidence that God can use me the way he wants to. After all, he paid my ransom. He owns me. I'm his. Lock, stock, and barrel. Okay, here's another verse. First Corinthians says this, For I am the least of the apostles, talking of Paul, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Now, the apostle Paul here is saying, I am the least of the apostles. And someone would say, No, no, you should say I'm the greatest of apostles. No, he's looking at himself realistically and through the lens of God. I am the least of the apostles unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He knew who he was, okay? He was this way. He didn't get puffed up 
This way he didn't go around sounding his own trumpet. I don't think any of us would think of the Apostle Paul as being less than any other disciple, but look at how he viewed himself. He could have spent his days comparing himself to Peter or John. After all, these men walked with Jesus. He couldn't measure up to them. The Apostle Paul recognized he was who he was because of the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 10.12 says this, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of these who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Okay, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus and living the life he has given us to the glory of of his name. So Paul is saying here, these men, and he was talking about false teachers, okay, that had crept into the church. False teachers, they measure themselves by themselves, you know, and compare themselves with one another. And if they're comparing themselves with other wicked men, hey, they're doing great, right? They're doing great. There's no standard there. And as I, I think I mentioned the last study, or maybe a study before, there's no mountain there for them to climb. They're all on the same level. Paul said they're without understanding. These men that Paul was talking about was visited by this friend comparison. But Paul says, I'm not looking at them. I'm not looking at their lives and going to compare mine to their lives. You know, Paul was saying, I, I walk with Jesus. So I see myself who I am and I see Jesus who he is. And he's so much better so much greater, so much higher. Jesus is my model. Jesus is the one I'm looking to. All right. In closing, I want to give some quotes. Uh, a flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. Zen Shen said that. A flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. You have gifts. You might think they are mediocre. No one will notice. The one who will pay the final wages will certainly notice how you used those gifts. All right? You're a gifted individual. Now, you may not know it. You might think, I'm not. I don't have any gifts. I can't see them. I'm, you just haven't got them exposed yet. You know? Before the diamond is uh, exposed, it has, you have to cut around the rock. That, you know, that has encapsulated it. You have to break that rock. You have to dig to get to the diamond, right? I mean, before the miners could get to the gold, they had to go through a lot of mud, had to go through a lot of rock, had to dig, do a lot of digging before they could get to the gold. So you might be thinking, I don't really have anything. I, I look at everybody else and they're so gifted. They're so wonderful. They're so, oh, you know, I look at so-and-so how she sings. And man, if I could just sing like that, that might not be your gift. Might not be your gift. It might not be your calling. You know, it might not be your specialty. But God has gifted you and I with unique abilities that are our own that he has given us. And he takes pleasure when we use these abilities to his glory. That's one of the reasons I do this podcast, okay? I'm not doing it because I'm great, because I'm not. 
Okay, I, I know that. And, and you wouldn't have to come and knock on my door and say, hey, do you know that you, you don't do a very good job? And I would say, okay, yeah, sure, I know that. I'm just doing what I believe God has laid on my heart to do and using the ability within me to put studies together and then put them on a podcast and put them out there for whoever wants to listen. So I'm obeying that and without comparison to others. I would hope I could do, improve. I would hope I can get better. I don't know exactly how you can get better at, you know, at it, but, uh, you know, the grace of God and all that. I don't have to compare myself to others. I can enjoy being who I am because God has called me. He called me. Okay. He called me and he laid it upon my heart. I have this passion in my heart. Okay. I can be on the job. I can be driving down the road. I can be playing video games and things will come into my heart. God will begin speaking into my heart about scripture or a topic or a subject or whatever it is. And I think how I can put it together and tell someone else about it. Okay. And that's the unique ability in me. Not that I'm great because I'm not. It's Jesus who is always great. It's him who is great. I mean, he's just, let me say this. I'm just fortunate enough that he loved me enough to bless me. And if he can use, uh, use me, then let him use me. That's how I feel about it. There was a story about talking about these jars. And these jars were used for watering, okay? And all these beautiful jars were had water in them and they but there was this just one jar that had a that was full of holes. Full of holes. And this jar was feeling sorry for itself because you know, it, it had holes in it and couldn't carry a full amount to where it's to its destination. But the jar was, and as it was feeling sorry for itself one day, was taken down a trail. And the owner said, I want you to see what you've done. All along the trail were beautiful flowers that were growing. And all along that trail, that jar had leaked out and those flowers got the water. The other jars didn't do that. They they held their full, you know, volume of water, but this one leaked out. You know what? That jar was never, never dissatisfied with itself again. It never had to compare itself to the other jars because it actually saw that what it was doing was a wonderful thing, even though at first he didn't think much of himself because he couldn't carry a full load to the destination, but it accomplished what it was meant for. And it was kept and used for its master's glory. Same with you and I, okay? You might be listening to me thinking I'm not much. I don't have much to offer. I leak, but that's okay because Jesus can use leaking vessels. Okay, happiness is found when you stop comparing yourself to other people. Okay? Think about that. Happiness is found when you stop comparing yourself to other other people. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. John Acuff said that. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. 
The reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Stephen Furtick said that. I hope that this has ministered to you, the study on comparison. I know it's ministered to me and it's helped put some things in perspective in my heart, in my mind. God loves you today. I want you to know that God loves you. And uh, if you haven't heard that in a while, I'm telling you now that the maker of the universe, the one who hung the stars in the heavens, <laughs> you know, and put the beautiful grass on the lawn and the snow or the rain or the sunshine, he loves you. Say your name and then just say, God loves me. And he does. He loves you. And he wants to make a difference in your life if you'll let him. Okay? Don't keep him at arm's length because he can only do what arm length God can do. But if you keep him in your heart, then he can do what a God in your heart can do. And what is that? That means he can control your vessel and he can make you into the image of his dear son. He can grow you up to be more than you ever thought you could be. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. If you invite Jesus into your life, you will have an abundant life. It won't matter what's going on around you because inside, it'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. I promise you by the word of God, it'll be amazing. I love you and I'm praying that God would touch those who listen to Truth Pod and uh, that's you. So uh, I hope that you're encouraged by what you hear. Next week, uh, next week will be the final study in our series. Wow, did you ever think you'd hear that? <laughs> next week will be the final study in our series. This friend never wants to let it go. Okay? Never wants to let it go. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Let me end this podcast by asking you this question. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? If not, you can. He loves you and wants you to be a part of his family. The first thing for you to do is admit you're a sinner and you cannot save yourself. Second, believe that he died for you and ask him to forgive your sins. Third, Thank him for saving you and commit to living the rest of your life for him. If you have any questions or prayer requests, just email me at truthpod at yahoo.com.